in a series uh, that I absolutely love this subject. I actually love it. It's more than a subject. We're really talking about a person, and he is the most important person on the planet Earth. He is the Holy Spirit. And, and so um, this series is a powerful one. And as a matter of fact, we're calling it Powerless because if, if the Holy Spirit doesn't have an active role in your life as a believer, you are absolutely powerless in this life. But if you flip that, you flip that and flip that and you say this, you can see it this way, that, that because the Holy Spirit has an active role in my life, then I do have power in this life to be and do what God has called me to be and to do. Can somebody say amen to that? And so I love this series. Uh, Pastor Sam's going to be down in a couple of weeks. He wanted me to make sure that I tell you hello and he can't wait to see you guys here very soon. And also, uh, if you have questions about the Holy Spirit, which there are a lot out there, right? And one, that's one of the reasons we felt compelled to do this series is because there's a lot of questions about <clears throat> the Holy Spirit. And so uh, if you got questions, you can just uh, uh, text those questions, this phone number that's on the screen. I'm not going to answer them like real time. We'll get to the questions like that you put up here for this week. We'll get to it next week. And, and so um, the number I think is up there. The number I think maybe up there is going to be up there. Did I misunderstand that? Uh, Okay. Okay, in a little bit, there's going to be a number that's going to flash up there and get, take a picture of that number and text your question to that number, and we'll answer that very, very soon. Um, I, I want to um, I want to share this thought about the Holy Spirit. There, there is a moment that Jesus had in the Bible that is uh, it's, it's, it's powerful, a lot of things that you can learn from this moment. There was a woman by the name of Martha that invited Jesus into her house. And she had a sister named Mary, and and if you you might remember the story if you're familiar with the Bible. Um, so Jesus comes in the house; he's present in the house, right? So get this: he's present in the house, and um, uh, Martha is running around all over the place while Mary is sitting and listening to Jesus. She's receiving from Jesus. She is, let me just say it this way. Mary is benefiting from Jesus being present in the house. You following this? Sometimes the Holy Spirit is like Jesus. He can be present in our life, but we're not benefiting from his presence. And so that's the reason that this series is so important. It's to encourage you to cultivate a relationship. For, for some, it's important just to awaken to the fact, just remember, awaken to the fact that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And for some, it may be just like something kind of new because you've been around church a little bit and you've heard about the Father and you, you're, you're great with the Father. You know about the Father. He's our Father God and that's great. And you, you know about Jesus and, and how great you're okay with Jesus, but but, 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 the, but the Holy Spirit, you've heard some weird stuff about the Holy Spirit. You're like, I know about the Father, but I know, uh, I, and I'm fine with him. I know about Jesus, and I'm fine with him. But the Holy Spirit, I've heard he'll make you weird. <laughs> Let me just set the record straight. If you've ran into Christians that are weird, and they're blaming it on the Holy Spirit, it is not the Holy Spirit's fault. They're just weird. <laughs> they're just... They're just weird. Some of the strangest folks I've ever met are people that are I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and, and he just made me this way. No, you were weird before he ever came into your life. He didn't make you that way. Because the Holy Spirit, really, the truth is, the Holy Spirit will not make you weird. He'll, more, he'll make you more like Jesus. 
And he'll help you become the greatest version, the most important, the best version of you that you can possibly be. And that's God's version of you. That's why we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So here, here's, the big, here's the big question. How do you have a relationship with a spirit? How do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that you can't see? You ever wondered that? You ever thought, man, how do you do that? How do you, how do you get to know somebody that you, you just can't really see? That seems kind of weird. It seems kind of odd. But the truth is, here's how you do it. You, 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 you build a relationship with the Holy Spirit that you can't see by watching and looking at someone that you can see. You, 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 you build a relationship with the Holy Spirit that you can't see, that lives in you. If you're born again, if you've asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, uh, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He is in you right now. He is in your house, so to speak, right? He's there. And, but you're like, well, how do I have a relationship with him? Because I really can't see him. Well, you, you go and you find and you see how to have a relationship with somebody that you can't see, that though he lives in you, by looking at someone that you can't see. So I want to give you a little bit of a Bible lesson in, in regards to Jesus and why Jesus came. And then we're going to jump in. We're going to unpack some, some um, uh, powerful truths about the Holy Spirit. But, but, but th- when Jesus came to the earth, when God sent Jesus to the earth, most of the times people go, well, <clears throat> the, the, the reason Jesus came to the earth was simply to pay for our sins or to use a theological term, theological term to redeem humanity, right? And and which is true. It's so important that Jesus came to the earth to redeem humanity, uh, to pay for our sins. Is there anybody here in Life United in Lake Charles, Louisiana, that's grateful that Jesus paid your sin bill? Is there anybody here? Man, I am. Oh, I am. Because here's the thing about sin. Sin has to be paid for it has to be it it demands payment and and so you can you can do life one of two ways you can do life without God and without accepting the fact that Jesus paid for your sins but sadly what's going to happen is after this life you're going to spend the rest of eternity paying for your sins or Or you can accept the fact that Jesus paid for your sins. You accept that by faith. He paid for your sins 2,000 years ago and move on and and live the life that God's called you to live. And if you you do have a choice, I recommend that you go with the second one. That's the best life to live. Again, is there anybody here that's thankful that Jesus has paid for our sins? I am so, 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 so thankful. So glad we're not living back in the Old Testament days. And we, we have a hard enough time getting to church on time as it is. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Back in the day, you had to bring the goats and the calves. You had to drag them all and give them to the priest and they their things. So thankful for redemption. But there's something else that God accomplished by sending Jesus to the earth. And, and, and Jesus, because Jesus came to the earth, he was able to present God the Father in a way that he had never been presented before. You following this? So when Jesus came to the earth, he was able to reveal or to present God in a way that he had never been presented before. For thousands of years, listen to me, for thousands of years, man had a serious misconception about what God was like. And the reality is today we still have that same misconception about God. But when Jesus came to the earth, he came to reveal the true nature of God. He came to correct some incorrect assumptions about God. 
And it was a big deal. There were, there, were, there were incorrect assumptions then, and there are still incorrect assumptions today. That is the reason a lot of people have walked away from the faith. Because they have a, they have a misconception about what God, the true nature of God. Or some people won't even come to the Christian faith because they're like, hey, if, if God's the God who kills people, I don't want to have anything to do with him. That is the reason that it is important that as a church at Life United, we stay focused on our mission because the number one thing that we do here at Life United is that we help people know God. We help people know and see the God as he really is, the God that Jesus revealed when he came to the earth. Can I have a better amen than that? Colossians 1.15 says this. Colossians 1.15 says, he says, the son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. One translation says that he is the exact image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. So I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to read the gospel. Start in Matthew and, and go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels. Read the gospels. And when you're reading the gospels, go, what can I learn about Jesus as I'm reading through the gospels? What can I learn about how Jesus revealed the Father as I am working my way through the gospel because I promise what will happen as you read through the gospels and you say, well, I want to learn something from Jesus. I want to learn something in regards to what God the Father is really like by reading the gospels, go through it very slowly, read it very slowly, go through it meticulously. And what will happen is, is that you'll begin to see not just Jesus in a new light, but you'll begin to see God the Father in a new light because before then, before Jesus came, um, you know, it was like you, you can, you, you can hate your you can hate your neighbors but you can love your brothers your enemies your enemies you, you don't love them you only love people that are like you the, the people that don't like you people that are not part of a covenant we, we don't we don't have anything to do with them we don't love them we don't care for them but when jesus came along jesus revealed the nature of god and here's what jesus said that's not the way we roll that's not you've got a false assumption about god because here's God. God loves your enemies and you should too. God loves your enemies and you should too. Can somebody say amen to that? That's what Jesus taught. I mean, he just rocked, he just rocked the Jews' world. He rocked his disciples' world that were brought up and, and, and with a view of God that was, was, was really... Um, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it was inaccurate. It just wasn't complete. You see, because the Bible says this about, 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 um, about the Old Testament and, and, and things before Jesus, uh, the working of God before Jesus, that, that everything happened from Genesis to, to, to Jesus, from Genesis to Jesus, it was a shadow of things that were to come. Just a shadow. And you can't tell a lot about shadows. You, you make assumptions. You have to assume things about shadows because you, you can't really see a true picture when you're just dealing with a shadow. But see, when Jesus showed up, listen to me, when Jesus showed up, what was creating the shadow was standing present before people. So that's the reason Jesus said, you don't have to make any more assumptions about what God is like. When you're looking at me, you're what? You're looking at the Father. You're looking at God. So when Jesus came to the earth, he really, he really clarified something. He presented the true nature of what God the Father was like. The next thing that he did is he introduced the Holy Spirit. He introduced the Holy Spirit uh, because uh, John 14, 16, Jesus, this is what Jesus said. He said, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another, what? 
helper. He's talking to the disciples and for, for years he'd been walking with the disciples. For years he had been just moving with the disciples and doing life with the disciples. He was just, they had become so close. And, and so, so when Jesus began to talk about leaving, how many of you, if you've read the Gospels, there were times that the disciples, especially Peter, would flip out. He would be like, no, 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 no. When Jesus was talking about going through the death, burial, and resurrection, Peter would go, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. Why? Because if they needed help, who did they turn to? If Peter needed help understanding something, if Peter needed help walking this walk and following Jesus, who did he turn to? He just turned to Jesus and Jesus would help him. And so that's the reason that Jesus said, but hey, listen, I'm going to leave, but don't freak out. I'm going to send a what? Another helper to be with you and to help you. And, and so, so again, is it possible to have a relationship or get to know the Holy Spirit? Absolutely yes. Because you can learn from, listen to me, you can learn how to respond to the Holy Spirit. You can learn what the Holy Spirit wants to be with you and to you by going through the Gospels and seeing what Jesus was to his disciples. Are you following me this morning? Because again, people, again, it's like the Holy Spirit is present in our life, but we're not benefiting from his presence. And I'm going to tell you something about the Holy Spirit. And when you begin to develop a relationship and cultivate a relationship with him, he will make you much better than you really are. (laughs) He'll make you much smarter than you really are. And because, and here's why the Holy Spirit is a genius. And he can help you. There are times where you just, you can be going through life and you don't even know what to do next. But if, if, you, if you're developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know what? You can say, all right, Holy Spirit, I'm at a crossroads here. I don't know which decision to make, but you do. Come on now. How many's ever, how many's ever hit a crossroads and you're like, I have no idea what to do? Uh, okay, one person is, everybody else, I'm just, hey, come up here. I'm going to give the mic to you because the rest of you got it all figured out. Right? But, 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 but Jesus said, but Jesus said, look, look, I'm going to send you another one. And in the, in the Greek, it literally means one, one is just like me. I'm going to send you a helper that's just like me. Here he comes. And, and so if you're taking notes this morning, I want to talk about what Jesus was to his disciples, because what Jesus was to his disciples, the Holy Spirit wants to be to us. What Jesus was to his disciples, the Holy Spirit wants to be to us. And so if you're taking notes, you're one of those note takers. I know you've been waiting. <laughs> What's the first point, Pastor John? So at some point, I'm not going to just, I'm going to come down and I'm going to preach a message. and I'm not going to have any points. I'm just going to go and you're going to go. He didn't do the points today, but right. Here's what Jesus was. Jesus was, you ready for this? Jesus was a friend to his disciples. He was a friend. John 15, 15. Jesus says, he comes out, he says it very clearly to the disciples. He says, I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. Watch this. I love this. But I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. Is that not amazing to you? Is that not amazing? Because we don't, we don't often see that when we think about Jesus and the disciples. That, that, that they just, that, I used to think, you know, when Jesus said, come and follow me, that, that Jesus walked this way. And the, and the disciples were like, have you anybody's ever seen a duck with a, a mama duck with her little ones? <laughs> ever seen that? That Jesus, Jesus did this and all the little disciples were right here. 
You know? And, and that, 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 that Jesus just waited for the chance for the disciples to make a mistake so he could slap them around a little bit. That, that's, not, that's not the relationship that Jesus had. Now, listen to me. Jesus did correct them because you want people in your life, true friends, will help when they need help. Sometimes when they don't even know they need it. That's what true friends do. But Jesus called the disciples, what? Friends. But, and and he, here's, here's, what, here's, here's how we know that. Jesus was a friend. Let, let me just say this. I, w- I was talking to someone recently, and, and we were talking about, we're actually developing a, a life group um, at, the, at, the, at the Shreveport campus. And um, it's on, on, we're not calling it racial reconciliation, because I don't really believe that's a true and accurate term. Because to reconcile something means to bring something together that was once together. And I can tell you the only chance the world has got to see true unity between races, the only chance is the church. Can I have a better amen than that? We've not done a great job at it, but we will get better in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen to that? And here, here's what, here's, here's, uh, we were talking, and, and I just felt like the Holy Spirit gave me this. But we know how to be friendly, but just because we're friendly doesn't mean we're friends. That's across the board. Listen to me. Jesus wasn't just friendly with the disciples. Jesus was friends with the disciples. He wasn't just friendly to them. He was friends, what? With them. Because here's how we know that. Because Jesus stood by their side. There were times that the Pharisees would come at them. They 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 would question them and they would give them a bad time. And you know what Jesus would do? Jesus wouldn't run. Jesus would stand and defend them. That's what true friends do. Jesus didn't require perfection. Because true friends do not require perfection in order to be friends. In other words, he was patient with them. And how many of you know that's what true friends are like? A true friend is when they are patient with their friends because their friends are not going to always get it right. But Jesus was patient. He was patient with Peter. I've said this, I don't know how many times over the years. I am so grateful that Peter is in the Bible because if Jesus let Peter hang around him, we've all got a chance. Jesus was so patient with Peter. And the reason he was patient with Peter is because he was his friend. He was kind. Jesus was kind to the disciples. He was so kind, listen to this, that Jesus paid their tax bill one time. That I'm telling you. If somebody walks up to you and say, hey, I want to pay your tax bill, say, come on, friend. You're my friend. Friend. <laughs> Friends for Jesus forgave again. Jesus forgave uh, Peter because that's what that's what friends do. Listen to me. Jesus made them better. Amen. Jesus made them better because he was a friend to them. Let me talk to you, everybody in this room, young and old. All of us have friends in our life, and at times we need to uh, take a serious inventory of our friends. Because your friends will either make you better or your friends will make you worse. Now, let me define better. Better is when they will help you and further your walk in Christ versus pulling you away from God. If you have people that call you friends and they're pulling you away from God, everybody listen to me. I'm not being mean here. I'm just being real. They are not your friends. 
Thank you, Pastor John. I really need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I love John 14, 16. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will, I love this, who will be to you a friend just like me. I love that. Love that translation. We know that, we know that Jesus, we know that Jesus made good on his promise because when he left the earth, when he left the earth, um, it wasn't long after that Jesus sent, I mean, the Father sent, and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to come back. And that's what we have today. And that was the beginning of the New Testament church. Because God would no longer, no longer be separate from humanity, but, but he would live in his people. Aren't you thankful that the Holy Spirit lives in you? Listen to me. And he wants to be your very best friend. He will stand by you. He'll stick with you. He'll stand up for you. He is there for you to make you better. Amen. And here, here's something else that, here's something else that Jesus did and you can see it Oh, oh, so many times with the, with the disciples that Jesus, Jesus would, would, would guide them and he would lead them. So Jesus constantly gave the disciples direction. He was constantly, consistently, he was just giving them directions and he was helping them and showing them and guiding them. Why? Because listen, they gave him permission to do that. They gave, the disciples gave Jesus permission to do that because when Jesus said, come and follow me, they had a choice. They could have walked away from him or they could have followed him. Listen to me. If you want the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, you have to give him permission to do that. Can I have a better amen than that? You, you have to give him permission. The disciples gave the, uh, Jesus permission to guide them because they chose to give their life to him and to follow him. So they're just, wherever Jesus went, uh, they, they followed him. Wherever Jesus went, they, he had them around and, and he would guide them. And sometimes Jesus would even lead from the back. He would even guide from the back. He would tell them, you need to go here or you need to go there or you don't need to go here. This is what you need to do. This is what you don't need to do. This is how you need to respond when this happens. He would lead in them and guide them because he gave them, because they gave him permission. But here's what G, uh, Paul said in Romans eight fourteen about the Holy Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Listen, if you are a child of God, listen to me, you can be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. You don't want him just present in your life and not benefit from his presence. And, and, and listen, when Jesus said, follow me, listen to me, there were times that Jesus gave specific instructions. He, was, he said this, he would say one day they were walking along and he said, all right, guys, gentlemen, I want you to get in this boat and I want you to go to the other side. Specifically, get in this boat and go to the other side. Specific instructions. And listen, there are times that the Holy Spirit will too give us specific instructions if we, get, if we allow him, if we give him permission to lead us. In other words, if we're determined in our heart, if we believe what the word says about God leading his children through the Holy Spirit, if we really believe that and we give him permission to do that, we're tuning our heart or inside ears to him, he will at times give us specific direction. I don't know how many times that's happened, but let me tell you something. People have gotten weird with that. It's like, it's like, uh, Holy Spirit, which way do I, I'm, I'm driving down the road. I'm going to my workplace. Do I need to go to the left or the right? 
I don't even think he said, I don't even think he, I just quiet. Or which toothpaste do I need to buy, Holy Spirit? Google it. I mean, you know, just, he may say Google it. He's not going to. But, but there are times that he will give you specific directions. There's so many times it's happened for Sandy and I, especially those big decisions. We, we, we pray and we're like, ah, we, we want to know God. We want to know Holy Spirit. What do we need to do? What do we not need to do? But then there are times that he's leading us just because we are following him and we've given him permission to lead us and we believe that he leads us. He's leading us and we don't even realize it. We, we don't even realize it till we look back and we go, oh my goodness. Has that ever happened to anybody? In other words, you're just doing life and you look back and you go, that's why. Has that ever happened to you guys? I, I, I've, um, I, I, was in, I was in the military. I was in Desert Storm. And, and um, you know, you just, you just develop real strong bonds with guys, that, individuals that you, 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 you know, you, you go through situations like that with. And I, I had, I, I developed just some really strong friendships. And one of them was with a, a guy's first name is, uh, is Chris. And, um, uh, we were just, he was a lot younger than me. I think I was 23, 24 then. And he was barely 19. His mom actually signed for him to get in early, a little bit early. He'd gone through his training and then he joined our unit. And, and so, so I was kind of like the old man. I was his squad leader at 24. Go figure. Right. And so he was in my squad, took good care of him. We got out and I just lost contact with him. And so, you know, internet came on the scene and we had Facebook and all that stuff. So, you know, I just started trying to find people that I had, that I had uh, lost contact with. I, well, so I started trying to find this guy named Chris. I'm looking all over the place. It's Chris. And so I could not find him. It's like he had fallen off the face of the earth. And so when we moved back um, from um, uh, out west, we moved back to Louisiana, I, I was in uh, Shreveport and I ran into a friend of mine that was in the military and knew Chris. I said, so we were catching up. I said, have you, have you, have you, do you know where Chris is at? He said, he said, you know, I heard he's working for the Federal Bureau of Investigations, FBI. I'm like, no way, not Chris. And um, long story short, I, I found out that um, that he actually had. And we since since probably last seven or eight months now, we've actually c- connected back. He's he's living in the area, still working for the bureau, and he just moved back to the area not long ago. So we we got to we got to reconnect. And man, we've had so much fun. We're texting probably, uh, oh gosh, probably every every other day. We're texting back and forth uh, with each other. He's a strong Christian, loves God, and and so we're. We're, we're, we're talking, and I said, Chris, how in the world did you end up in working for the FBI? Because Chris, we grew up in a little bitty town called Cotton Valley, Louisiana. Cotton Valley, Louisiana. It is barely a spot in the road. It does not even have a flashing light is how small this place is. And, and when I say redneck, when you think a redneck, and when you think a redneck, that's Chris Plants. If he was here, I'd say it right in front of him. I mean, he's just country as country is, you know. And so I said, Chris, how did you, how did you, how did you get in the FBI? So he said, um, he said, well, he said, you know, we were, grew up with nothing. And he said, that's the, the whole reason I went in the military. So the military would pay for my college. He, he said, because my mom was convinced that I could, I could do college. And so, <clears throat> so he said, I, he said, I didn't know anything. 
I know anything about college. So I show up at the, at the, at the university. And um, so I sit down with my counselor and they say, well, what, what degree, what, 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 de- what do you want to declare? What degree do you want to get? And he said, I don't even know what a degree is. I just, I just want to come for four years and get a job. That's what I want to do. That's how much he didn't know about college. This is a true story. And so the, 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 so the lady said, well, what is it that you want to do? And he said, well, he said, in the, in the summer, I worked as a pipe fitter's assistant. And, and he said, I'll never forget, we'd be out in the, it'd be hot out in the field. We'd be working and it'd be a hundred degrees. And, you know, we're out there sweating. And he said, every once in a while, he said, there would be this guy that would come out of this air conditioned little hut up there. And he would walk out, had a hard hat that had a little pin protector in there. And he had plans under his arm. He would walk out there, tell us what we're going to do, what we're supposed to be doing. Go back and get in that air conditioned hut. He said, I want to be that guy. Whatever he does, whatever he was doing, this is true story. This is, Sandy will tell you, this is a true story. He said, I want to be that guy. And so she said, oh, he was an engineer. That's what you're going to do. And he said, he said, I didn't even, I didn't even know you had to take math and engineer. I didn't know anything. He said, I just, he said, I'd never taken calculus, none of that. And so he got his degree in engineering. When he got through with the engineering degree, uh, actually the bureau contacted him to recruit him. And he said, no, nah, I want to, I want to stay with the bureau. I mean, I want to stay with my engineering degree. Well, he did for a few years. He said he hated it. And so he called the bureau and, and they, they started the process to hire him and he said it is super competitive and so they 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 signed a contract with him then he went out to quantico and started the process of you know his final final hire and and so he said um he's super competitive and so uh he, he he finally you know passed all the tests and they already signed the final contract with him and he said look he said there 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 are people so much smarter than me he said he said that we was in one class in the testing phase with a guy who spoke seven different languages fluently and he, he looked at me, he said, John, he said, I have a hard time speaking English. I don't even know English real well. I got, I got a guy that knows um, seven languages fluently. And actually they hired together and, and went on and did some, did some career work together. But so he asked, he asked the lady, why did you choose me there? It seems like there's a much more qualified people. Watch this. She said, listen, one, because of your military experience. Two, because of your combat experience. Number three, watch this. It's because you have a degree in engineering. You see, God was leading Chris at that counselor's desk, and he didn't even know it. Do you know why? Because he had surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And he said, God, I'll follow you, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. And even when I don't know what to do, I believe that you're still going to lead me. You see, sometimes we're so, we feel so pressured that the Holy Spirit's got to lead and it's got to be every single thing that you do. No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's not the way it works. There are times where he will tell you can, precise, very, very specific things to do. And you need to do that. You need to listen. And most of the time it's what you don't want to do. Some people say, they're like, well, how do I know if it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me about, you know, a decision or doing something? Well, most of the time it's, you're not going to want to do it. <laughs> Are is too big for you to do by your own on your own. Are you following me? But listen, there are times the Holy Spirit's leading you and you don't even recognize it. Just because you submitted your life to him and you have yielded your life to him and you believe that that, that he, he is leading you and helping you because that's what Jesus sent him to do. He's your best friend. Amen. As I wrap up this morning, um, this is the last thing that I wanna I want to 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 say to you about Jesus and the promise that he made concerning something very, very important. 
This is what the Holy Spirit will do for us. The Holy Spirit, watch this, will remind you. If you don't mind, you can come up, yeah, come up on the board if you don't mind. He, he'll, he'll, he'll remind you. And here's why. Jesus made a promise, John 14, 26. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things, watch this, and he'll remind you of everything I have said to you. He'll remind you. You see, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And one of the reasons he lives in you is to remind you. And here's the reason this is so important. There are a lot of voices out there. I'm not talking about just voices in your head. But there are a lot, there are a lot of, that's a whole other subject. And I'm not making light of that. That's a real deal. And people really struggle with that. Right? It's not a laughing matter. But what I mean by voices is that there are a lot of influences out there that that are very loud. And often the voices and the pressures are about what you're not in God's eyes. It's about what's not the best version of you, which is God's version of you. But you got to hear what Jesus says about you. Because if not, we have a tendency to frame our lives by what others say and the other negativity that's in the world. We frame our life by that. We frame our world by that. There are voices that say, you know what? You're washed up. There's no hope for you. You will never change. That habit you've got, never change. There's no hope for you. How many times have you walked away from God and you... Keep coming back. It just keeps happening over and over. There's no hope for you in the sense of it's sticking and you just stay on the path that God has for you. There are voices out there that says things are never going to change for you. Not going to happen. They change for other people because God's faithful to other people. But not you. No, not you. Other voices that say you'll never be good enough. You'll never be good enough to satisfy God. You'll never be good enough to satisfy your father. And the harder you try, the worse it gets. But see, but the Holy Spirit, the promise about the Holy Spirit is to remind you about what Jesus says about you. He'll remind you about what Jesus says about you. See, the Holy Spirit says, oh, no, <laughs> you're not washed up. Come on, somebody. Holy Spirit says, no, you're not, you're not washed up. God's got a plan for your life. And it is God that is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's what the Holy Spirit sounds like. He says there is hope for you. Oh, yeah, there is hope for you. Yeah. Yeah, there is hope for you. He said there is hope for you because if God be for you, it really doesn't matter what or who is against you. There is hope for you. That's what the Holy Spirit will remind you of. Not those other voices, not that other pressure. He won't tell you that things won't change. He'll tell you the same thing that Jesus told Jairus. Just don't stop. Don't stop believing. Just keep walking, keep moving. There's going to be a breakthrough. There's going to be change because anything's possible with God. Just keep moving. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't give in. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what the Holy Spirit sounds like. That's what he sounds like. 
He doesn't sound like the other garbage. He doesn't say, he'll never tell you there's no hope. He'll never tell you, you are not good enough. Because what he'll do is he'll remind you of what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. That's what he'll do. And he'll, he'll say, listen, you can't be good enough of, uh, on your own, but I'm here to help you be good enough. I'm here to remind you that in Christ, you're accepted not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for you. Because Jesus made you good enough. He'll tell you your steps are ordered by God. That's what he'll remind you of. Your steps are ordered by God. You may feel like you're lost, but you're not lost. Your steps are ordered by God. He'll remind you about what Jesus said. He said, my sheep, my sheep will know my voice. My sheep, they'll they'll know my voice. And as strangers, they'll never follow. He'll remind you, you can't hear God talk to you. That's the reason he's living in you. Don't be like Martha. Just have him in your life but not benefit from him being present. Be like Mary. Holy Spirit, you're in my house and you're my very best friend. If I sit across the table from you, maybe we're having coffee, and I ask you, who is the Holy Spirit to you? What would you say? I can tell you what he wants to hear and what he wants to be. He wants to be your very best friend. And he's the best friend you'll ever have. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We love you, Father. So grateful for your goodness. So grateful.